Welcome back to another episode of Unicorn in the Boardroom. Thank you guys so much for being with me today and for always listening. Uh, Today's topic is about an amazing book that I read called The Art of Influence by Dr. Cheryl Palote Williams. I don't get to read a lot of books just because I don't make enough time for it, but I'm so glad I heard about this. I actually heard about it on a webinar. She was speaking and um, it just resonated so much for me, just the topics that she talked about in the book and about um, so many things that I think we forget um, in our everyday lives, but things that we should always make important and a priority for us. The book is called The Art of Influence, and there are kind of two parts and two pieces to this book. The first part of the book talks about how you improve your inner self, and the second part talks about how to improve your outer self and kind of what you bring um, to others. Uh, There are so many takeaways for me from this book, but I'm going to just go through a couple of them and share just my thoughts and ideas of what resonated with me the most. A big one that resonated with me was manifestation. I think we talk about that all the time, and I think that's something that we know, but just as a reminder, always manifest things that you want to happen in your life. For those of you who aren't familiar with manifestation or words of affirmation, it's all about uh, bringing forth and kind of encouraging your own self um, to reach new heights or to be positive or encourage yourself to do things that are kind of on your to-do list of things that you've always want to accomplish. So something for me that I try and manifest and want to manifest is just consistency of exercise and consistency of living a healthy lifestyle. Um, in my work life, um, it's just making sure that I am bringing uh, my best self every day to my team uh, to support them, whether it's continuous learning. So whatever I learn, I can bring down and teach them as well. So manifesting things can also be life goals. Um, Like an example that she has in her book, she mentions, if you want to be a millionaire, don't write down that you want to be a millionaire. Write down that you want to be a billionaire. Always dream big and make sure that you keep those goals in front of you. I think we always have different goals in different stages of our life. I think sometimes we always think about, oh gosh, I would love to have a um, another business or this type of business or this type of problem I would love to be able to solve for people, right? For me, ideas that I have thrown um, around are having a fitness, an active wear line. I love going to the gym. I know I've talked about it. I've talked about um, my pre-pandemic self and how dedicated I was to the gym. Um, but now that I'm in a different phase, of my life and I want to get back there. It's kind of interesting to see how, of course, my old exercise or gym clothes don't quite fit the way they fit before. So, um, you know, of course, the answer to that is always buy new gym clothes, but some of the gym clothes that I see out there are not um, my type of personality anymore. So um, why not make cute clothes that also kind of cover you up, but still make you feel fierce and amazing without having to, you know, have to feel like you have to show your skin in order to do that. 
I think there's so many things like that that we come up with or things that we end up being passionate about, but we never um, make a point to do because it ends up being buried in, in the backside or the wayside on the list because we're so focused on kind of our main job or our main goals in life. One of the topics that really resonated with me was manifestation. Um, I think we always think about it and kind of remember it, but we we also forget about it or just don't do it. Um, She recommends in her book to make a list of things that you want to manifest in your life, whether it's finding a partner or getting a dog that makes you happy or creating more time to go on vacation or explore new things in the city that you live in, try new restaurants or um, cook different recipes, right? All of that I think are things that make us happy but we don't always put at the forefront because we're too busy just going through the grind of everyday life. I love the idea of writing this, making a list for yourself, writing it down, and really having it in front of you and sort of something that you review every day just to remind yourself of the things that you think would make you happy, make you create, um, will help you create a fulfilled life, right? We aren't just here to go to work every day and just do the monotony of the same thing over and over and over again, right? We have to add things to our life that just keep it exciting and make us happy. One of the things that she says in the book is if you want to be a millionaire, don't just write down, you know, $1 million, write down $100 million, right? Because you always have to push yourself to reach above what you want. So even if you potentially fall short of that, the process that you have created and the path that you are taking is going to lead you to the even bigger number, even if it's, you know, a longer process than what you originally anticipated. Now, once you've written down all of the manifestations that you want to have and want all the goals that you want to accomplish, the second piece to that is removing the dead weight. Um, And that means removing all of the things, the distractions that you have going on that don't allow you to focus on your true dreams and your true goals that you want to have in life. Now that can come down to people that just drain your energy. I know we have over time accumulated friends and made friends at different parts of our lives or conferences or networking events or even just at happy hours or going out to dinner. But sometimes those friends are not actually friends. (laughs) They end up draining you of your energy that you should be putting into your business. One of the big pieces that Dr. Cheryl talks about in the book is making sure that when you give yourself to someone in terms of your energy, your words, your ideas, your listening ear, make sure that you also get that in return from the person that you're telling all of your good secrets and confiding in, right? Or they're confiding in you. Relationships and friendships go two ways. So always make sure that what you are giving to someone, the piece of your heart and your soul, you are also getting that in return. And that extends to friendships, um, even just managers, business teams, whatever it is, um, even relationships, but always make sure that the road is two ways. Otherwise, you are just draining yourself of the energy that you need to create the life that you want to lead. 
Another form of distraction that we don't think about is not being prepared. For me, I am for sure a procrastinator, someone who doesn't prepare my bags the day before, and then it ends up leading to the day of an event or what have you. I just get very flustered with things and the day ends up not going as planned. But um, if you prepare yourself the day before for what's to come, or even if it's days before or weeks before or months before, then you never ever end up in that zone of frustration or flusteredness or not feel fully prepared to tackle a certain situation. I think always in life, there's always going to be things that will pop up that you don't expect and don't go the way that you planned it and wanted it to go. But if you are at least prepared or have certain things in place to get you ready for that success, it doesn't necess- it doesn't matter if you were successful or not and or if you don't end up being successful. The preparedness is there, the layer is there for whenever that success will come. Um, an example of that was actually when I was younger, um, I was in on the marketing team, as you guys know, and I was preparing a presentation um, to go fly out with um, our VP of recruiting at the time, and I think uh, two other people. We were flying to Philadelphia. Um, we were presenting our company to a client in the hopes that we would get their business. So I had my laptop prepared. I had, you know, the cables that I needed in my backpack. I was ready to go. I was so nervous. Uh, and we got there and the cables that I had weren't compatible with what they had at their meeting facility because my computer was either too old or too new to accommodate what they had. So I was in slight panic mode at that moment, but good thing I came prepared and I had photocopies of our entire presentation. Um, Now, normally I am not that person that like prepares for those things, but something in my head or it was actually my dad whispering in my ear that said, make sure you have a printed copy of that presentation just in case something happens. Now, of course, in my head, I'm like, who uses paper? You know, this was maybe like 10, 10-ish, 12 years ago. And I'm like, why do I need paper? You know, I'm 23 years old, 24 years old, whatever. Nobody uses paper anymore. But he was totally right. Um, so I guess it's also the lesson of prepared for the unexpected. Uh, always make sure that you look at different ways of when things like that can go wrong and just be prepared. Have that idea in the back of your head uh, just so you don't get as flustered uh, in those moments because you have already thought of what could go wrong. Another example of getting flustered and kind of not being prepared um, or at least not being prepared that something could go wrong (laughs) was uh, when I was planning our company's 20th anniversary. This Again, this was a long time ago. I was also probably maybe 24 or something like that. But um, I planned the party. We had a seating chart. Everything was going well. The day of the party, people start showing up. And I had um, clients coming up to me asking if they could move their seat to sit with a friend of theirs. And in my head, I'm like, 
oh my God, what are you talking about? You can't move your seat. You can't change where you were going to sit. Everything was perfectly planned out. What are you talking about? But of course, my mom, (laughs) being the amazing woman that she is, she just said to me, Andrea, don't worry about it. If they want to change their seat, let them change their seat so you can happy. You can't control every situation. And I think in both of those instances, my parents, you know, were right. Um, parents are always right. Um, somehow, somehow that always, you know, gets you in the end after a situation. Sometimes you're like, why are you guys always right? Um, but parents do majority of the time know what they're talking about. And I think it, it was a great lesson to me to just understand that we can't be upset at the things that we can't control. Right. I think that's a big piece of as you're growing career, as you're growing, whether your business, your personal life, you know, even with school. Right. There are so many things that happen that you don't plan for, you don't prepare for and you don't foresee happening. Uh, It's also a lesson that I learned um, with golf as well, that you can't be upset with the shots that go badly. You have to take the overall picture into account and just roll with the punches. Just see what happens. Just play it out. Stay calm, cool, collected, and an answer will always come to you in your head. And probably my last favorite piece from this first section of the book is be kind to yourself. Um, I know we try and tell ourselves that, but there are really times where things become so overwhelming and things aren't going your way, number one, whether it's a client that is all of a sudden not maybe paying you for the hard work that you've done or a contract that you are expecting to come through didn't come through or a promotion that you were expecting didn't end up happening or ended up going to somebody else or in general things just went on a pause. Um, We have to, in those situations, just take a step back and say to ourselves, it's okay, we are still amazing, our path is still there, we are still prepared, and we have still put the steps in place to get us to where we want to be. There are times where we don't feel like we'll ever get there, but as we learn and as we get older, There are times where things end up being a lot slower process than what we anticipated. But I always have lived the motto of whatever God has prepared for us or whatever is meant for us will always come to us regardless of the time. And it will come to us in the right time when we are at the peak time in our life to receive and understand those good vibes and good forthcomings. I think always having that mindset has allowed me to be a little bit more relaxed again and not get as flustered when things don't go my way um, and truly just believe that what is meant to be will happen. Now, the second half of this book is all about the work that you do, what you present, and what you share um, with the world, and how you present yourself to the world. I really, really love this chapter, and there are three things that I am going to share with you. The first um, quote, I guess you would say, is um, that really resonated with me is, if you are always drained, you cannot help others. 
And this just was like a light bulb went off in my head because there are times where I see my team um, be flustered or overwhelmed, even on our one-on-ones. And, you know, I'm okay if they're like that with me, but I also have to remember and hope that they are not like that when they have one-on-ones with their team. Right. I think that's something that we have to be aware of as leaders, future leaders, managers, what have you, um, to make sure and read the body language of our employees or even our neighbors or our friends. Um, Frustration, I think, is one of those silent Um, things, especially for me. I am that person that internalizes everything. I will, I, I think I have a pretty good poker face. I play poker for charity once a year, but that's kind of where my, my true, um, poker face shines. But I like to internalize things and I internalize how I'm feeling about a lot of things just because I don't want to show that, um, weakness, to my team when really behind me the castle may be crumbling or burning or what I feel like in my head the castle is crumbling and burning, right? So I think we always have to be aware just in our own teams like how many people may actually be doing that but also just for their mental health, right? My job is to not just listen to my team and the frustrations that they're going through but also ensure that I hear them and I will make the proper changes when necessary to make sure that they don't feel overwhelmed, that they don't feel like work is um, turning into a chore or a task and or interfering with their personal lives. We all need that space and that barrier. I said in a previous video that I don't necessarily have that myself um, and I'm okay with that because that's how I structure my life. But I think we always have to be aware of how our teams think and feel in that sense. I think also one thing to remember is that as a leader, um, make sure that you are not showing your frustrations to your team. Obviously, there's a difference between um, not being happy with the team's performance or unsatisfied. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. I think you should always be um, real and open with your team and and open that two-way communication, right? If they are not happy with something that you did, they have every right to also tell you as well. And you want to welcome that. Um, I feel like that's, you know, part of being a good leader um, is, is opening that way for two-way communication um, and empathy as well. But there are certain things that you have to internalize, I think, or when you reach a certain level, you know, and your and your manager is telling you, hey, you know, the team's not doing well or we're doing budget cuts, you know, or something like that. We're not letting anybody go, but just be aware that some of the projects down the line may not come to fruition, right? You have to figure out how to tell your team that without um, depressing them or scaring them. So making sure that you have a good level of understanding of how, number one, you communicate properly, what your body language is showing, um, and what you're doing is all a cohesive message. I know sometimes we don't think about that when we're listening to somebody that we may be making faces um, sometimes or just, you know, 
furrowing your brow or kind of like coughing and you're like, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, you don't want to do that in a meeting for sure. But it's also something that if you can convey to your team kind of appropriate body language, obviously just showing, um, showing them how you um, receive their messages, how you um are receptive and wanting to hear even negative feedback, but just by your own body actions and showing them, they will understand how to do the same thing in that type of a situation and as a team, right? I think conversations one-on-one, you know, people can be a little bit more lenient with how they express their feelings, but even if you're expressing your feelings in a one-on-one situation, always make sure that as a team member, as a leader, as a manager, whatever it is, whatever stage you're in of your career, make sure that you aren't outwardly expressing that in a team meeting. Right, you never want to be the Debbie Downer of the group, and pardon that expression. I can't think of another one, but you don't want to be that person where they don't want to um, work with you because you're continuously negative. Um, make sure to always be positive, even if, like inside, you're not maybe in the best of spirits. But people will always feed off of the energy of the next person, even if you're not even next to somebody, but just how somebody conveys themselves on a call. Um, You know, whether you're paying, you're, you're engaged in, in the class or the lesson or your team group meeting or whatever it is, or offering ideas, you want to make sure that as a team player, even if you're not the team lead, that you are, showing your team that these are good things that you want to have because your manager is also looking at those two and shows that you can be the next future leader of that team at that company or another company. It also just prepares you to and helps you practice um, for the next stage of your career. I went off on a little bit of a tangent and I kind of crossed over into my second favorite topic um, of this chapter, but it is lead by example. And I think that's super important and something that we forget or something we don't know when we first join um, the workforce. You don't realize that other team members or other people around you, your coworkers, um, even your peers in school, um, they are watching what you do, how you react, how you respond to certain situations. So just always be aware of that. Well, those are a few things that really resonated with me. And I really, really hope that you pick up um, The Art of Influence, again, by Dr. Cheryl Pallot Williams. It was such a great read. Um, As I said, I'm not um, a person that carves out time to read books. So this one, if, if I'm truly talking about it, and I read it a few weeks ago, and I'm still talking about it, um, that really means that that book was amazing and really, really meant something to me. So if you guys end up picking up this book, definitely let me know. Leave some comments uh, as to what your favorite parts of this book were. And as always, thank you guys so much for joining me today on this episode of Unicorn in the Boardroom. Bye!